Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Sass. And we're going to take you away from the play. Excited for this episode. We had our good friends Julian and Tristan on. They are incredible people. I mean, they do it all, but we mainly focused on their podcast, which is the Scrum Podcast. It's an award winning Canadian sports podcast, and they analyze the Canadian sports media landscape. Uh, it's incredible. And after you listen to our episode, of course, you really need to check out the Scrum Podcast. Yes, and both of them are so accomplished as well. Julian's work can be found on CTV Montreal and the Canadian Press, among several other places. And, you know, Tristan's your go-to guy for anything soccer and especially MLS-related, having been published in Pro Soccer USA, MLS, Howler Magazine, and more. So this episode, just so you all know, was recorded this past summer. So the conversations are still relevant uh it'll definitely uh be a little just a little dated but uh nonetheless it was a really fun episode and like i said these two guys uh you're gonna hear you're gonna hear about them for a long time i just know it I don't know why we've waited so long to have you on the podcast. That is probably our fault, but better late than never. Welcome. Don't put that on yourself. It's, it's not <laughs> anyone's fault. I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic. No, no, there's no blame to go around. We're just happy to be on the show. Now, we just wanted to cover a little bit about what you guys do on your podcast. So you guys have your own podcast as well. It's called The Scrum Podcast, and you analyze uh, the state of Canadian sports media with a critical eye. Uh, we wanted to know how you guys came up with that concept and, you know, why did you choose to do a podcast on this topic in particular? Because I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, as a media platform, like, do you ever criticize yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whoever wants to answer, just how did you come up with that idea? And, and you know, it, it's very different. It's like media analyzing media. Um, so yeah. What you want to go from the beginning, J Mac? Yeah, we we could do that. I don't mind. Uh, we uh, started at a, a pizza place. Yeah, we uh, we went to El Taib in uh, downtown, uh, the spot near Concordia University. Well, they have everything, but they have pizza in particular. And even a little before that, um, Tristan and I we uh, we had the uh, another podcast that. Uh, well, Tristan really wanted to start, and then I kind of helped out as well. It was called the Press Box Hattrick Podcast, and I also had a, a, a radio show at Concordia called The Starting Rotation. And while Tristan wasn't on that show, there were at least a few times where he was on. And just from those two entities, there was kind of like a natural connection, just kind of speaking to each other over either podcasting or radio mediums. So we always kind of had the idea about doing a podcast together. And then I remember one day 
for some reason I was at the link office. I remember like Tristan just being like, Hey, you know, like that's why like one day, uh, you know, if we do a podcast, we do a podcast together. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why don't we act on this? And then we went to Altaib and we started discussing different ideas for how the podcast should go. And we kind of like, we had like a little like yellow piece of paper and we we're just writing down different ideas. And we kind of came up on the idea of media criticism and analysis just because not a lot of people in Canada were doing that. And we started with the episodes that we had with uh, the Upfront Network and with uh, Scott Wheeler from The Athletic as our first guest. And instead of, and it started with journalists and and other people uh, in the media, but as we were kind of growing into it, you know, we started getting some athletes. We uh, actually, one of the first episodes we did was with the now gone uh, CEO of U Sports. It was cool to get, more than just people in the media who come up with content, but also just getting people who were responsible for the content as athletes, uh, whether through their own platforms or some of the different things that they wanted to do. And then uh, late December of last year, uh, into early January, we left Upford and we ended up joining the Sports Podcasting Network. And then we both decided that with the platform that we have, uh, we've seen the success that we have. And we decided instead of just kind of focusing on Canadian media, we're going to just expand into just sports stories and, and media things that just generally interest us. That's why a couple of weeks ago, we were able to have Sam Stagedahl from uh, The Athletic to discuss uh, the latest going on in Major League Soccer. That's not something that we would have thought would have been possible for us in the previous iteration of the scrum podcast, but now we're able to do that. And now we're trying to think of different ideas and different people we can reach out to. So it's cool to be able to be in a position where we can, you know, kind of critique and also analyze media. Uh, Actually what's funny. We, we went with the idea of critiquing and analyzing. And then we had an episode with uh, Richard Deitch who uh, had a big, has a big column with the athletic where he goes in on media and, analyzes a lot and I forget exactly how we did it but he kind of steered us away from just being critique people who just want to critique media and also just kind of emphasized more analysis on media so I guess we have a bit more uh we have to thank him for that in a way I guess but I think with the podcast that we have we're able to look at media stories in a different way as opposed to some of the other podcasts that we see where they're really focused on the X's and O's of sports, we just want to be able to provide that lens from a distance and be like, hey, this is weird. Why is it weird like this? Or why is it being written like this? Or why is it being covered like that? You know, I I like the perspectives that we're able to provide, especially now where we're both journalists. I mean, I know now with the current situation with sports and all that, but we're in a situation where we are in the field and we aren't necessarily people who are just kind of standing from a distance being like, man, I wish I was uh, able to be in those scrums. Tristan and I are in those scrums now. Yeah. I think that uh, another thing that I really like about this show and that I don't see a lot is just how um, we acknowledge that we're, we come from very different backgrounds and we really apply that uh, and, and make the podcast a a richer experience for people. Uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up watching and listening to uh, sports talk radio and and uh, and sports television in French in in Quebec, 
uh, in the, the eastern part of the Montreal Island, whereas uh, Julian uh, doesn't have that same background and sometimes doesn't know about some people that I'm talking about. And I love how sometimes we just invite different people from, you know, pe people that maybe the listeners that we usually have don't know about. Uh, you know, like a guy like Kevin Raphael, we invited on. It was his first um, English language interview. Uh, and I really, really wanted to have Kevin on because I think he he brought so much to, you know, what he was doing and, you know, what he's still doing on like TV Aspar and whatnot. And uh, because of that kind of duality that we have, we get to um, really expand on on at, at that time. It was kind of just sports media, but now it's more of, you know, it as a whole. And I, I really think that our, our differences really make our strength uh, at the Scrum. Yeah, I completely agree. You guys have such, I, I feel like you guys both complement each other so well. And the chemistry was not an issue. Obviously, you mentioned the Press Box Hat Trick podcast and your time at Concordia. And I'm really happy you did because I want to touch on that later. But you guys just, just really complement each other well. And there's so many things that you both said that I... I want to talk about but one thing that you mentioned was that you don't just have members of the media uh the sports media on your podcast you have the athletes uh you have other people who who work in sports that kind of inform uh inform your listeners as well my question is for the both of you how what have you learned what what have you learned from people working on you know on the one hand on the sports media side and those who provide the information for the sports media so the athletes what are some of maybe the differences you've seen and how they talk about the sports media landscape um i find that if you are given the opportunity to talk to people whether it's an athlete or whether it's uh, a, a media personality or a journalist if you if you're in a position where you are able to uh, ask them about something like that. I think some people may feel that, you know, they may just give you like a really canned answer and they may not necessarily um, give you like all the details. But I find a lot of the interviews that we've done with a lot of people have been really refreshing and really honest. And I think uh, the biggest thing is for me just realizing that that can happen. I think of like a guy like Arpin Basu from uh, The Athletic, who we all, we all know pretty well. Um, that's a guy who, you know, an editor-in-chief of a publication wanting to be on our podcast and wanting to delve into the realities of covering sports for The Athletic in, in Montreal. We all know how crazed the city is with hockey and, you know, the other sports of the Alouettes and, and the impact, those are just much smaller niches. But for him to kind of go in detail on that, for us, for our audience, I think that's that's huge for us. Uh, so for me, it's just uh, learning that there are people like that who are willing to be on these spaces and they're willing to be honest and they're willing to delve in. That's huge for me because I think a lot of people might just see those guests and think like, oh, well, there's no way like a, like a little podcast like ours can... Uh, can uh, can get uh, can attract these types of people uh, but you know we can do that and the other thing I learned is you never know who's listening uh, and I know it's kind of a more of a general podcast rule but I mean we had a show with Darren Dreger a couple months ago 
And it ended up uh, being mentioned in an article on ESPN like a couple of days after. So, you know, Greg Wyshynski, big shout out to him. He he had us in his column and he's said before that he's listened to the episode. He's listened to our episodes. He's listened to our show and he likes our show. So you never know who's listening. You never know who is uh, consuming your content and is willing to give you feedback on it. I think those are two of the biggest things that I've learned from from doing this podcast. Um, for me, I think it's, uh, and, and, you know, in journalism, you, uh, you typically, and I, I do that for myself as well. You kind of just learn, you learn while, whilst doing the job, you learn kind of on the job. And I think for me, uh, going from episode one, all the way to episode, I think it was 85 that we did the, the, the last one that came out, uh, as of when we're talking right now, but I think it's, it's about, um delving into people's perspectives and uh learning from them uh and there's like there's so many and especially in, especially on this show where we we don't uh and it, I don't know if it's becoming a cliche but it's we don't stick to sports we don't necessarily just talk about the x's and o's of the sport we talk about the social uh implications of the sport and sports media And like one of one of the ones that and I'm 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 on Spotify kind of just like looking through the guests that we had and just like trying to refresh my memory. But I think uh, one that I really can pinpoint is uh, the interview we had with uh, Scott MacArthur, who's a host mm -hmm. on uh, Sportsnet, the Fan 590, who was back then. I don't know exactly what he's doing now because there's so many different things going on with the pandemic. But he, he would he he was a host. Uh, he was a host for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, and uh, it, we basically delved into uh, his experience of, of coming out as a sports talk radio host, which you, you don't you don't see that. It's not it's not a it, it's not something that happens every day. And, and especially for uh, for a, a gay man in the field and his perspective about uh, being a gay man in sports media or just in sports in general. Uh, I thought that was super powerful, and I feel like I learned a lot from from talking to Scott, and uh, I'm I'm grateful that we did. Uh, so I think it's about that, and it's about you know the the constant uh, the constant learning that you can get by talking to people on the record and uh, having those you know discussions out in the open for not only ourselves to to listen to while doing it, but also for other people. Uh, to to listen to and to uh, hopefully learn something from that as well. Oh, I just want to add as well, uh, being persistent uh, with guest booking. Uh, it's something that like I like doing a lot. Uh, I know Tristan sometimes comes up with guests as well, uh, but uh, it's it's pretty rewarding when you you try to email somebody and you think like, oh, I don't know if they're going to come back and, and respond to you. And then Bob McKenzie all of a sudden is like, yeah, I want to be on your show. That's cool. Or, or, or Donovan Bailey, who is like a, like an Olympic champion. who's all like, yeah, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll be on your show. So for anybody like listening, like I think uh, doing these shows like this, uh, you never know who will say yes and don't take yourself out of it because of, The fact that you may think, oh, my platform's too small. Like if you present yourself right, if you do enough episodes, maybe enough people may want to give you a chance and, and provide their perspectives as well. 
Yeah, and I think like what I appreciate so much about your podcast, and I think it's is a testament to my so many guests are willing to to come on, is that it it's different. Like as an athlete, I feel, and as like a female women's hockey player, I feel like I've given the same interview so many times. And you guys don't do that, you, you know, like you're talking, so, so many people want to cover the X and O's or, you know, in my case, they want to know why women's hockey isn't succeeding or what is the struggles. It's always the same story. And I think what's so refreshing about your podcast is that, A, you guys ask really interesting questions, but you guys are just very open minded and really just let the guests kind of take the conversation where they kind of want to go with it. So I think I think it's just a testament to a, your chemistry and and it's just a different platform I think you've provided to to people in sports and sports media so along that vein I just wanted to know like how have you seen the sports media landscape evolve over the course of, of your show like broadly have you noticed changes in in how sports are covered or have you noticed maybe a change you guys have implemented over the last couple of years well, if okay. I may, I mean, just on your first point, uh, I personally am not the type of person that will do the same interviews over and over again. I know uh, uh, I wasn't there for that specific episode because it was in the middle of my like finals week. But I'm someone that will want to go out of left field and try and make you interested in something that you wouldn't have been otherwise. So. In my mind, if we didn't have like a like a Bob McKenzie or a Darren Dreger or one of the big names in sports media, I personally wouldn't care. Uh, I, I I definitely appreciate that, but I would much rather have a really nice interview with someone that you wouldn't have thought otherwise, or, or a sport that isn't necessarily in the forefront. Uh, as far as the the media landscape, I think the 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 biggest. I think for me, the biggest one and for us is uh, is having a wide array of guests that we we discussed it from day one when we planned the show that we would be conscious of who we would have and uh, that we would have as much, um, I guess, the I don't know, I, I guess the easy word to say is diversity, but we would be conscious that we wouldn't always have men on the podcast. We wouldn't always have uh, white people on the podcast. And we wouldn't just have people talking about a specific sport on the podcast. That's why, I mean, if you look at the, the guests that we were talking about, uh, that, that we spoke about, you'll see very much of a, of a different, a wide array of different people. Uh, and I think that uh, in terms of how it changed, at, at least from the beginning to, of when we started to right now, I think uh, I could look back to someone like Shireen Ahmed, who, you know, five years ago, a lot of people would dismiss, whereas like now I think she's more in the forefront than ever before. And I think that kind of shows a little bit how uh, it's how the, the landscape is starting to change. I don't know about you, J-Mag. I, 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 it's funny you mentioned Shireen, man. I think like in uh, in some ways, man, she's she's incredible at what she does. She's so amazing and, and talented. Like in some ways I feel like she's a little bit too busy to, to do hits for the scrum podcast. That's half <laughs> a joke, but still that's somebody who, especially now in this current climate, that's someone's perspective who you, everyone should be clamoring to have. And the fact that we were able to have her perspective on one of the earlier episodes of the scrum podcast uh, was, it was really huge for us. And I think that, I I, I, just, I also want to just mention something with a point Tristan made earlier. 
that's another really awesome thing about this podcast the fact that we do have those two schools of thought with our guests as well and it really makes it really good because it could easily just be a show where i'm just like okay i want all these big names because i think at the end i think like for a lot of people like for podcasts and stuff they'll gravitate to episodes where it's like wow that's a that's a big name but a, a lot of our best episodes have come with people that uh not a lot of people would think about, right? Like Brock McGillis. We, I know he's his name's kind of been brought up over in the last few weeks, but uh, we had the opportunity to speak to him on our show. And that's not, I mean, he, he did play professional hockey at one point, but that's not a name that a lot of people consider to be a household name. But he provided some really interesting perspectives as a gay man trying to play professional hockey or just trying to come up and play hockey, knowing that the culture of the sport isn't necessarily that welcoming. So I, I like the fact that we're able to get those guests uh, on the podcast, even if they're not necessarily the biggest names, because they sometimes give us like the best episodes. Yeah, and I, I think your I think your podcast does such a good job of having a great variety of voices. And by May, the reason why I love getting lesser known individuals on our podcast is a little bit, you know, thanks to you guys and especially Tristan, because I remember when we were all at Concordia and we had the Press Box Hattrick podcast, we always had very interesting guests, guests that you wouldn't necessarily expect to ever hear from on a media platform from very like fringe sports, which worked for the link, given that the link was very um, fringe in, the, in that sense. Um, but I got to thank you guys for a lot of what I have today. One thing I wanted to ask you, you guys talked about how you were starting to get more recognition. You know, you were mentioned in ESPN uh, by Greg Wyshynski and by other, other well-known respected journalists. And I really like what you talked uh, I really like that you guys, you know, talked about how it doesn't matter if if you think that, you know, your podcast is like just like a small little podcast that has maybe a, a small fan base to begin with. But, you know, reaching out, you don't lose anything in reaching out. Right. You just worst case scenario, they don't answer you or they say they're not available. But now that you kind of, you know, have this recognition, you guys have like over 80 episodes, if I'm not mistaken, of your podcast, like you know what what was it like to get that recognition and and how does that affect you when you're when you're creating the podcast does it add any more pressure or is it just you know it's 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 fine you don't really think about it too much i wouldn't say it adds any pressure because i think from day 1 tristan and i wanted to have a high standard for this podcast so it's not as if you know, we did the episodes and all of a sudden, you know, Richard Deitch mentions us in a column in The Athletic or Greg Wyshynski mentions us in ESPN. We win a Dynasty Award and all of a sudden Tristan and I have to look at each other and be like, oh, my God, we have to take this podcast super seriously. I believe from day one, from when we did the episode with Scott Wheeler, we held ourselves to a high standard. We wanted to provide a good podcast and we're now in a situation where we're still able to do that even as all these different names are are acknowledging the show i don't think we've had to to change a lot and i think because we've held ourselves at high standard 
uh, in how we come up with topics and how we write questions for for our guests. That's I think that's a huge underrated part of our show. Like we don't I mean, the last few weeks has been a little tricky considering that we've been uh, like really away from each other and we don't run on the same room doing these episodes. But like we're still able to put a Google Doc together and write out questions that we want to ask and discuss topics that we want to talk about. I don't know. We, we approach a podcast pretty seriously. I think there are a lot of people who just kind of come together, just like whatever, we'll just talk about whatever. And, and that's fine. Like there's a lot of shows that work out that way, but I think for the show that we do, because we've been holding ourselves to this standard, that's why we've been able to deliver the, the shows we've been able to deliver. Yeah. I think Julian and I are, uh, when it comes to doing, when it comes to work, I think we're both very, um, we're both work oriented people, but when we do stuff, we tend to take it very seriously and we tend to, uh, put in the best work that we can. I mean, we, I mean, there's been like, I've had some off days. I'm sure J-Mac had some off days. Like that happens, like we're human, uh, in terms of pressure, I mean, it's not, it's not that there there's pressure and I'm not, and in no way am I bloating. I'm just saying that I think that we come in with, um, we just, we're both quite, we, our chemistry is already there since we were already record. We already re- had recorded like a bunch of shows before doing that. We're very comfortable, uh, doing stuff to each other do it doing doing stuff to each other <laughs> but uh, uh recording with each other, doing a podcast wow. with each other. Uh, and i think we're we're confident in our abilities in that in that sense so i think that when we when we do record stuff uh we don't necessarily feel the pressure now for myself i think the the one and i don't know if it was pressure i think it was uh it was just having an uncomfortable conversation in on on the record i think i always feel a little uncomfortable when we talk about the the more so pressing social issues in sports mm. i think one of them was the the last the one of the latest ones that we recorded on, on in uh, following the events with the murder of george floyd i think i was uh i was a little uncomfortable talking about that but a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about that and it it wasn't because of the show and it wasn't because of um you know, some of the stuff that the podcast got, I think it, it was, it was just, uh, it was just, and it was, it wasn't an easy conversation, but we do. Uh, and I don't know if the pride ourselves is necessarily the right word for, for this, but we never, sh- we, I don't think we've ever shied away from, uh, talking about that. So, you know, it, I think it, it, it's about, uh, I think it was about, uh, having those conversations, uh, but we already had them before. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm just tremendously happy with what happened. I think J-Mac just mentioned it in passing, but uh, seeing uh, seeing or listening to his speech at Le Gala Dynastie uh, was, was a tremendous kind of, um, I think it, it was really nice to see J-Mac get the recognition uh, and I think it was really cool that the podcast first award is an award representing black excellence. I thought that was a tremendous, very, very cool moment. Uh, and uh, it was uh, a few weeks ago. It, it was like the one year anniversary of that. And I still remember this as as a, a very um, 
a very very happy moment in in the in the life of this podcast that we have wait wait one year anniversary of that this was like what four months ago this is how long this year is wait been. wait but what was it again did you <laughs> wait it wasn't the march year was a whole year <laughs> yeah it was march was a march was a whole year dude yeah it was like no, uh, no it was okay, like, sorry the pandemic has been fucking with my brain that's it that, that's i'm sorry if i swore i don't know that's if okay. <laughs> Oh my god! All you want? No, that's fine. No, dude. Like, I think about it. Know. That was a whole world ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, it felt like, like a year. Yeah, Not lie. it felt it like a year. Did. Honestly, the only reason why I posted it on on our Instagram page is because I think we had it as a story, but we didn't have any photos of it on our actual feed. So I was just like, oh man, we should just we should just add something there. Did so I just say it was the one year. What the? Okay. Yo. I know. It I feels apologize. like a different time. I'm not holding that against you at all, Playboy. I'm not holding that against you at all. So, wait. Before we move on, just so that people are li- who are listening know, the Galad Znasti is, is an award that uh, is an award show that celebrates Black excellence and entertainment. I hope that I summed that yeah. up correctly. Yes, yes. They, 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 they've, they've, uh, what? Last year was, I want to say, the fourth year. They, I mean, they, they've only been doing it's it. Pretty new. It's, it's relatively new. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, our show was nominated for best podcast. And uh, I mean, since I'm the only black person on the show, uh, I mean, there's only two of us. And uh, I got nominated, and we won. And uh, the coolest thing about being there was the fact that Tristan was there, Safia, you were there, uh, my girlfriend, Lindsay Richardson, who works for APTN, was also there. So it wasn't as if I was just alone and I had to celebrate it all alone because, I mean, you, we, were all, we, we were all there and, and we saw uh, how the crowd was and all these, like, it's a lot of French people. And, I mean, I don't know, I didn't know half the people there. So, you know, it was cool to meet all of them, but at the same time, I'm like, wow, like, I have no clue who these people are. And there's a good chance that a whole bunch of these people have no clue who we are. So and like, <laughs> and like even when you like, you, I've gone back on the live stream a few times and you see like when they announce that, that the scrub podcast won, you hear like a couple people clapping. And I think everyone else is just kind of looking around like, who the hell are these guys? They have no clue. And even after the fact, I think that the, the host of the show was all like, yeah, man, like sometimes you have no clue. Who's doing these? Like, they have no clue. They, the people who were organizing Gal- Galadzinesti had no clue who I was, had no clue who the Scrum Podcast was. <laughs> and then it, we end up winning an award. It was just, like, the coolest thing. But, like, well, you know, it was wild. You may have gained some fans after that, though. Exactly. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, getting to meet all the other people who were nominated for uh, the Podcast Award were really cool as well. Uh K and them, uh, I think Click for Culture is another podcast, and uh, Dope on the Table, which is actually a, a show I, I really enjoy now. Uh, a lot of the, I'm really encouraged at how uh, Black people in this city are taking to podcasting, and they're starting their own. They're starting their own because this is a medium where we see there's a lot of white people in it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who want to be the next Bill Simmons or they want to be the next. Uh, I don't know who the guys are from Pardon My Take from Barstool, but there are a lot of people who want to be in this space. But there are there is a space for persons of color to get 
a mic, whether it's a expensive, fancy one or taking an iPhone and recording it on voice memos, you know, like there's a space for persons of color to do podcasts and to create content and have people listen to it. And yeah. I think the greatest oh. part about podcasts is just like, you know, you have free range to, to do what you want with it. And I think this is what's so great about your podcast being being different than other like sports media content that I'm used to as like an athlete and I just want to say like thank you for introducing Shireen into my life because I think it's via them that Safia knows Shireen and then I met Shireen and she's an incredible person and she was actually just on Kev Raphael's podcast Sans Restriction um so just full circle with the the whole crew um but I think what's nice is you guys are lending your platform to you know, voices that aren't often heard. The thing with getting people who everyone knows and it's like clickbait is just like we we may have heard their story before, depending on, on how uh, the questions are asked. So, you, you know, you guys are helping everyone sort of discover new people that are they're worth knowing about and, and sharing their sco- stories. So I think it, it's just a testament to your success. And thank you. I just wanted to thank you for introducing Shireen into my life. Cause thank you. I, love her. <laughs> I think more people well, deserve to know about Shireen. Shireen is an absolute boss. Um, I, I, we, we love you, Shireen, if you're listening, if you have time. Yes. <laughs> you're listening <laughs> and listen to the burn it all down podcast because that's yes. incredible honestly i'm just here to uplift everyone else's <laughs> podcasts and if anyone listens to this podcast it's all good it's not even like we're big like politics buffs either no that's it it's just like but- i don't know like for me as a as a black person to see the news unfold like it it, that week with george floyd it was just really hard to discuss Mm -hmm. anything else like i just see people still try to talk about returns to play for so many leagues i was like well i don't care about that right now i care about Mm -hmm. how people are reacting to this george floyd thing i care about all the protests that were going on like i'm trying to remember if it was before after but like in the immediate aftermath of george floyd's death when all the protests were going on i remember being with my girlfriend at her parents place just uh you know we i mean it was at a point where they were slowly starting to ease up on restrictions and they ended up uh having the tv on and they showed MSNBC's coverage of the protests. And if this was this weird experience where you have like the, like one black guy in a sea of white people going through just watching the protests, watching people stand up and be like, you know, we're not taking this flack from police anymore. And it, it, like, it was just like a big pressure moment, right? So going through stuff like that, you know, I didn't feel the need to want to discuss sports and act like nothing happened. And I mean, I know I'm, we're not on TSN radio a lot, but I know Tristan gets on on Tony Marinero show every now and then. I've filled in on that show and other shows on the network as well. I don't know if we we if if we were both called in now. You know, I don't know if we'd be really given that platform to discuss that 
in the way that we did on the scrum. So it was really like, that's, that's the beauty of the scrum as well, because it's our show, because podcast is kind of like a free form medium where you can go on for as long as you want and not have to worry about playing ads at the 20 minute mark of an hour or 40 minute or whatever. We had that freedom. So yeah, talking about George Floyd was, and talking about the fallout from that and also adding that perspective, uh, the sports perspective attached to it as well was really important for us. And we're going to keep doing that if we find ourselves in situations where, you know, it's really tough to just ignore that and, and, and talk about something that doesn't matter as much. I mean, we could have easily, I mean, we could have easily like focused more on Akima Lou and, and Evander Kane. And, and I mean, they were, they were in the news. They ended up being in the news in the, in the aftermath after that as well. And even before that, with just talking about how, uh, the issue of race and hockey specifically has been a big thing, but then you add in everything with George Floyd, it just kind of turned into the umbrella that just kind of encompasses all the frustrations of, of racing in the NHL, uh, that being an issue for, for certain people and everything else beyond that. So I don't know. I just, I think that episode was really necessary for us to do. And I think it's also, I think it's cool to, I think it's fair to say it's a bit on brand for us to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not an, it's not a comfort. It wasn't a comfortable episode to do, I know I kind of rambled a lot, but at the same time, I think it was a necessary episode to do. And I'm sure when the when the time comes around, if there's a topic where I'm sure that's happened before, that's happened before too, where Tristan has had topics he feels extremely passionate over. And I just step back and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let Tristan cook because I know when Tristan has the mic and he knows what he's on about, what he's talking about, he's able to say some really powerful things and he's able to take the floor and, 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 and hold court. So yeah, we were able to give each other that space. We kind of know what, what we're about and with different topics. And it's really awesome to, to see, especially in a studio. Man, I remember, first of all, J-Mac, you did not ramble. Please do not say that. Please go, go back and listen to, to J-Mac talk for, I think it was, I think it was 20 minutes straight, but it was a very worthy 20 minutes. But yeah, I do remember, I think it was the episode where we had uh, Stéphanie Labbé on mm. and how she was uh, basically, she was kicked out of the Calgary Foothills men's team because she wasn't a man. And uh, I, yeah, I remember being extremely mad at that. Um, but yeah, I think that is the beautiful thing about podcasting. And that's why, you know, when people ask me about podcasting, that's like the first thing I say is you can talk about what you want. Um Uh, uh, unless it becomes illegal or hate speech in which case you know that is not that no but yeah that that is and uh you know to go back kind of like on the point of you know politics and sports i mean i'm i'm a bit of a fan of politics i i do enjoy it um but sports in essence is an agent of change you know so many documentaries about sports bringing people together and whatnot uh and about all of the positive aspects uh, and it goes both ways, right? You know, when, when sports isn't, isn't, um, inclusive enough or isn't quote unquote political enough, um, that's where, you know, we kind of come into play and, and, you know, to take those, uh, have those discussions and, and, uh, and bring up those points. Uh, you know, I think one that comes back is, uh, the now McGill valedictorian, Thomas Urasek, mm. who, uh, fought against the uh, now former uh, nickname for the McGill men's varsity teams, 
uh, and and we spoke about that. And then a few weeks later, uh, McGill um, went to they they decided that they were going to drop the name. Uh, so you know it, it's about having those conversations. And you know it's not like Thomas Yersek was uh, you know a nationally known person. Uh, but we still had him on the show and talked about it. And that was the episode for that week. So, you know, it's about finding ways and it's about having the right discussions too. My hope is that more and more you hear um, people in sports incorporating these conversations. I wanted to ask you guys how you reconcile um, being a fan, because I think to work in sports in any capacity, you start out as a fan, right? And being a critic. I struggle with that personally. It's kind of turned me off from sports. Um, working in sports has also been one of those things where, you know, if I work, a, you know, working in hockey, for instance, when I come home, I don't really want to watch hockey. <laughs> I just spent the whole day at the rink and I still love watching the game, but I'm exhausted and I need to kind of tune it off. So how do you guys kind of reconcile that and 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 deal with that and not let it hopefully affect your fandom too much. Tristan, do you want this first? Uh, sure. Uh, I think uh, to your point, uh, I, I remember Katie Nolan saying pretty much the exact same thing where, you know, she has to focus completely on what is going on in the sports world. And when she comes you know, back home, she kind of just wants to watch The Bachelor or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I tend to, I mean, I, I used to be an athlete uh, I used to train every single day and being so focused and every decision that you take, every sacrifice that you make is based upon you being a better athlete or, you know, getting a new standard or going to, you know, a national championship and Olympic games or whatever. Uh, so that um, mentality of always being focused on one thing when I decided to stop uh, swimming and then go into journalism, I went, I basically filled the void with it. And it also doesn't help that I'm a gigantic nerd. So I can, I kind of never get enough. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it, you have to some, you have to find somewhat of a healthy balance, uh, because journalism, especially j journalism where it, it's almost, you know, I, I, I've been covering the impact now for the last two, three years. And the people that follow me on social media now kind of expect that I know everything that's going on. And so I get questions about, okay, well, what's about this? What about that? And then um, I kind of got some sort of a label that I was like the guy that knew every single rule about MLS, which is a really complicated league to follow. So I do get a lot of those questions too. So it, it, it you have to find somewhat of a balance about knowing what you want to talk about and, and being good at your job and also not going absolutely crazy. So uh, I, I don't I don't have necessarily an answer in terms of what type of balance. I just try and fuel my nerddom and and also not burn out at the same time. <laughs> um. For me, like I'm in the unique position where one day I might have to uh, f care about, uh, you know, scores from a curling tournament 
and try to put that together in a story. <laughs> and then another day, it's like, hey, can you figure out what the weather's going to be? I'm trying to get on a flight somewhere and I want the flight to not be delayed. So can you please just let me know if the weather's going to be all right? And then <laughs> yeah. it's like another day where it's like, hey, so Nelson Mandela was here 30 years ago. Uh, tell, Give us a story on that or whatever. Basically, I'm in a position where like I'm doing like so many things at once for so many different people where, you know, I'm in a situation where I don't have to focus on sports all the time. But at the end of the day, while there is a lot of not so fun stuff, the athletes in sports can be false idols in a way where you know we put them up on this pedestal and expect them to be these role models for us. And it's not exactly the case. Uh, we have billion dollar owners of teams who, you know, have ho a whole bunch of money, but they still want to go to cities and be like, hey, you guys should be footing the bill for this arena for our team. Do that or we're going to get up on out of here, you know, and kind of stranglehold them. But at the end of the day, you know, sports are fun. And maybe this is kind of a weird way to answer this question. But at the end of the day, when I when I watch Manchester United do well or not do well, or when I watch the New York Jets go, you know, basically not do well, they haven't done well pretty much most of their history. There are still moments in sports that are just fun, that are just great to watch. And I love even I love just like watching like a sports highlight and it could be of like two random teams that I don't particularly care about. And the coolest thing happens like some guy is running to the wall and makes this amazing catch at the wall to preserve a no hitter. And it's like, wow, like I'm really invested in this moment. And this is just amazing. And you could think about all the cool things as a backstory that are going on at the same time for this athlete or for someone else that's there. It's just really awesome to think about. And, and, and that's like for just one small thing, when you see like the Olympics or a world cup or even a Euro cup, and you see all the different people who come together and are just happy. And that's all they're talking about. That, that makes me happy. The, the thing with sports, there is an ugly side to it, but sports at the end of the day, is still a unifier. It's still something that could bring people together regardless of age, gender, and sexual orientation, race, uh, so many other factors. It's still something that can bring people together. And it's still something that can have people feel the highest of highs and lows of lows. And it's just fun to feel and experience that roller coaster, even if it means I have to watch my team suck for a while. So that's how I reconcile with it. Also with the sports that I end up covering, I try my absolute best to not, you know, come across as not come across, but to really kind of take myself out of it. Like, I mean, with the Montreal Canadiens, obviously you come up in the city, you watch the team a lot. You do, you, you, at some point you have some kind of affinity to them, but with the Canadian specifically, like now, I mean, I know I was doing the, the Montreal Gazette live blog, but now I'm in a position where at least I was around them in some capacity. Like I, I'm, it, I'm able to take myself out of it and be like, okay, I'm not like a fan or anything. I'm trying to be objective about what's going on. It's, it's a lot easier that way. 
versus trying to go in and be like, oh, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I'm a fan. And then you get so emotionally invested. I find just being so emotionally invested in teams you're covering while trying to still be a fan. One, I mean, that removes objectivity. Two, it's just so exhausting. You know, like Mark Bergevin's decisions, you know, I could be in a position where I could critique them or write about them. But like at the end of the day, I don't I'm not in a position where I feel like it's just going to ruin my life or wreck my life. Like (laughs) some other people who may feel that way on Twitter or text into TSN 690 about their thoughts, like it doesn't affect me in that way. So that helps me out a lot. So just taking myself out emotionally from those teams is a huge huge way for me to to reconcile that also just being a fan of more athletes that i know are or i shouldn't say that i know that they're good but just trying to focus on athletes who are you know seem like they're pretty decent human beings as hard as it can be in this climate yeah i mean kudos to you for being able to compartmentalize but I, I, you know i just wanted to touch on the fact that you said like sports can be a unifier because it really can and i think for when people are trying to say sports aren't political. It's a really naive look at what sports is and what it does. I mean, I think a lot of time it's a reflection of our culture and it has a lot of trickle down effect in how it influences uh, the culture, the society in general. I think I was like, I'd have to fact check this, but I think I read and maybe Tristan, you know, just being like a a soccer expert. um, I think in Europe at one point, uh, soccer was um, subsidized by the government because it, it had such impact on on how culture was, and that's how they kind of wanted to to unify. Because if you could get a city or a town to rally behind a team, then maybe they already have sort of this this common place that individuals could connect on. So I think just when you know people don't want to talk about politics and sports, it's just the two are inherently tied, you know, there's always going to be an ugly side to it, but there's also a beautiful side to it. And I think addressing that in, in how it, in its role in society is, is really important. Uh, a question for the two of you, it is very general. I just, I'm curious how you guys got, both got into sports. Uh, Tristan, I know you were a swimmer and Julian, I think you played rugby and soccer. So has sports always been a part of your life from a young age or, you know, were your parents athletes or how did you guys get into that, that realm? That's, you know, you guys are both clearly very passionate about and has driven a lot of, of your careers and your decisions. So how did it all start for you guys? Uh, well, I was, I was scared of water growing up. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, cause I, I now, I, it's a foggy, it's a foggy memory, but my mom loves to remind me that I, like when I was like one or two, I almost like drowned and like that probably caused some sort of fear of water. And, uh, and then they just threw me into any sport. Uh, they were like, you, you can choose what you want, but you have to play at least one sport. And, and then, uh, I was into swimming because of, uh, my parents mentality of like, you're afraid you need to face your fear of water. And I just was good at it, but I was always into sports. Uh, I, I always watched, I used to watch a lot of hockey back when I was a kid. And then I went to school in St. Leonard, which if you're not from Montreal is a very Italian neighborhood. Uh, and, and then I got into soccer because of that. And then, you know, it kind of trickled down and, uh, that was always into, into that. And then, watching and and listening to sports media really made me want to be a journalist sometime and uh and the opportunity came about so 
for me, that was kind of always kind of hand in hand. And I consider myself really lucky to always have known what I wanted to do when I grew up. And every step of the way, uh, you know, choosing a, a department in Sejep, choosing a, a major in university, it was always for that goal of being a sports journalist. Um, for me, uh, at a very young age, I was really into playing sports video games. I didn't have a game console coming up. I had a uh, a old beaten down, well, maybe not beaten down, but an old computer. And I would play a lot of PC games. I remember one Christmas, my mom got me this, uh, like a kind of like a combo pack where it had the latest Madden NF. Actually, I don't even think it was latest. I think I'm sure she probably went to some random ass. My mom went to some random ass store and found this game, <laughs> this like Madden game and this like baseball game from like maybe two years prior but anyway they're in the same like pack and i would play both of those games a, a ton uh i would have I, like almost every year i'd try to get the latest nhl game that was up for pc and i would play those games and what i would end up doing is after i would play a particular game i would go on microsoft word or microsoft powerpoint and i would write up game reports from each of those games i would play <laughs> Um, there was a feature. That's on, amazing. There was a feature on uh, this one baseball game I played, Triple Play '99. Jim Houston was the play-by-play guy on that game, and Buck Martinez was his color commentator. And they had a feature called the Home Run Derby. Well, you know about the Home Run Derby; they have the All Star Game every year. But they had a feature in the game where you could just pick a number of of, of hitters, and you could uh you know control all of them or control one of them and you could try to figure out who could hit the most home runs and i had this book where after each of the sessions i would play i would write down the names i'd write down how far their home runs would go like i was i was into that from such a young age and it also helped that i liked to play sports as well i did play soccer coming up i played um like um like house league when I was like really young and I got to play on like the school team for like a year. And then I, I took up rugby and in, in high school in CJEP. And that was just fun just because I liked being a part of a team. I liked the idea of playing a sport and getting that thrill of victory and, you know, feeling the agony of defeat. But at the same time, you're with teammates, you're with people, you're with people who want to play sports and people who want to feel that with you. So it was from from a really young age, I really wanted to be around in sport. And then through uh, CJEP and university, uh, I mean, CJEP a little less so. I wasn't really like covering sports teams, but I was still in a position where I could cover sports. And then in university, I, I was able to, to do that both at Concordia and at Syracuse the one year I was there. Uh, and just getting those opportunities there and having people acknowledge my work, having people help me out, that really uh, – that really made me realize that I could have a career in sport. And even now where I'm still juggling a whole bunch of other opportunities that are in different disciplines, the fact that I'm still in a position where not only am I still able to do sports, there are people who, who see me as a sports person. Like that is a huge deal to me. That's huge. Well, you both met each other in university at Concordia, and I'm just curious because I don't think I know this. Do you, do you guys remember the first time you met each other, like your first interaction? I absolutely do. <laughs> you remember <laughs> just 
um it was probably during if it wasn't at the link office it was at uh it was during uh like i had to probably go into one of your classes and just kind of sell, and sell everybody on on the link and it ended up being a situation where not only we met but like a few other people in our circle and also kind of adjacent to our circle now like we ended up all meeting and it ended up being a huge situation that was beneficial for the link and it was beneficial for our friendship circle and uh it was it was one of the most it it ended up being one of the most important day of both of our lives let me t- let me yeah let, let me put in my little perspective into that so i walk in it's one of the first classes in in journalism school at concordia i come in and the first person i see uh is uh will will eventually become editor in chief of of the link uh a, a guy by the name of uh, jonathan Kergay cook who i instantly know was cool because he had a new york red bulls jersey but not <laughs> thierry Henry. Yeah, it was Tim. It was a Tim Cahill jersey, and I was like, "Yo, you are cool. Yo, you're my friend. Yeah, you're cool." So we, so we sit down. Whatever he tell, like he, uh, Julian completely kills it. He absolutely killed every single person that was from other publications. And I'm like, okay, there is no, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to write for the link. And uh, Back then, the the men's soccer coach at Concordia, who's now uh, coaching both men and women, uh, was Greg Sutton, formerly of the Montreal Impact, but also formerly Jesus. of the New York Red Bulls. And uh, and uh, John beat me to hi- beat me to it. He went to talk to Julian before me, and he asked J Mac to do a feature on Tim K on uh, on uh, Greg, Greg Sutton. Sutton. Wow. Which I read on the Metro and I was like, oh, God damn. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. I don't, I didn't know you wanted to do that first. I didn't oh, know. I, I definitely did. Whoops. Oh my God. <laughs> no, but I mean, like I, I wasn't going to, you know, be sour about it, Yo. but you know, it trickles down from then. And, and I was so impressed by, by Julian. I just wanted him to, uh, to be, um, I just wanted him to notice me or just to, 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 to believe in what I can do. So, uh, I was still very much a rookie. I didn't cover a lot of stuff, but I remember uh, Vince Morello, who was also there, who became an editor before me. Good friend. Um, he let me know that uh, that Julian needed coverage for basketball and also rugby, and I didn't really know either sport. And I knew that if I took rugby, I would like because Vince was like, "Oh, no one's going to take rugby," and I'm like, "Okay, okay, let me impress him. Let me take rugby." Uh, so I took rugby and I covered uh, what was my only championship run because they won that year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I knew nothing about rugby. And I don't know if you know that, J-Mac. I knew nothing about oh, rugby. I, I, knew, I, I knew you knew nothing. I knew you impressive. knew nothing. I knew you knew nothing about rugby. But was the most impressive thing about it was that, and I'm sure you're probably going to mention it, was that, uh, I mean, I like I got to cover them in the past a bit, too. Because no, Having played rugby myself, I could at least go to games and like know. I didn't know you played rugby back then, though. No, but that's it. Right? <laughs> like, that's, that's what made it. That's what made it easy. And, I, and funny enough, I covered uh, like the, the year previously had lost the final. And that was like, I think their fourth or fifth loss in a row to the kill. But you, man, you had like a little black book where you wrote down all the rules and you studied that. And I'm like, OK, this dude is serious. 
Oh, I was for real. I I, I wanted to be I wanted to be in your circle really badly. <laughs> yo, yo, I have a story. I have a Tristan story that I really want to talk about. This is how I this is how I knew Tristan is like that soccer guy. Like he really wants in with this. There was a I did an episode of the starting rotation. So back at university, I had a show oh, man. called The Starting Rotation. <laughs> Uh, where it was me and like five other dudes who were in my journalism year, we all wanted to get on at the school's radio station. We all wanted to do a sports show. So we all had the brilliant idea to have all six of us put together this show. And it was just a point where you had like six guys in a studio basically fighting each other just to like be on the mic and have like equal time. But I at least got to sit behind the board. So I would get my time, but also I was like, you know, trying to get guests. I was trying to make sure everybody's mics were on. Like I was doing a lot of stuff, but there would be times where, you know, school is getting in the way or other things are going on. So you might only have, okay, maybe three people of the six or four people of the six, but we had more times than you can think where it was just like, damn, we only have like one guy who could actually like do a show. So there were times where I was just like reaching out to different people being like, oh, do you want to be on the show with me? Do you want to be on the show with me? And one particular week, we got uh, Kyle Laren, who played uh, who's a who plays on the Canadian national soccer team. And at the point at that point, he was playing for Orlando City in uh, in the MLS. And I was going to be there. I don't remember who else was going to be there, but I knew Tristan was like a big MLS guy. So and like, I think the podcast had to have been founded at that point so like i knew or i don't remember if it was but i knew like tristan was like a big soccer guy we knew each other and i was like okay well like you know i'll just come up to him and ask so i was like yo uh i know it's kind of last minute but we have this interview with uh actually wait sorry hold on uh i know it's last i told i went up to him i was like yo i know it's last minute but do you want to co-host uh the starting rotation with me and he's like, I don't know man like i got work uh he was doing something do you know what i actually had that day you had wait was it like you had like a job at like Unipri or some shit? No, so basically what I had that day was probably the biggest day of my year, which is uh it, it was I don't know if it still exists. It's called it was called uh Le Dîner en Blanc, which I used to do with a friend of mine from my old job. Uh and it's like it, it it's like so cryptic. It's like you you dressed in you dress in all white and basically like uh you only get told like the day of where to go and like everybody has a picnic together and it's like super it's like a super <laughs> fancy schmancy thing what and like my friend she was like a like a crazy foodie and she knew that i really enjoyed food too so she's like okay uh, and we had we had done that a few years and it's like the prep that goes into that day is just crazy intense so it sounds I'm, like ballon blanc yeah it your, your like version of without it. the rave part yeah <laughs> So I've never like, heard of either. But yeah, he so, had that, or I guess he had that. I thought it was something else, and then I was like, "Yeah, well, uh, we have a, we have an interview with uh, with Kyle Aaron," and then all of a sudden, uh, his day got free. He was like, hey, "Let me get let me get back to you on that. Let me get back to you on that." And then, yeah, uh, it was a busy day. But yeah. as soon as he said Kyle Aaron, I was like, "Okay, let me let me let me let me pull some yeah. strings." Let me, <laughs> not every day. Let me work my calendar here. Yeah, not every day you get. Is that, well, it's not every day you get an athlete to to be on like your your student radio show, but in this case, like you have like a like at that point, he was probably the most 
high profile up and coming Canadian player. Nowhere near the way we're giving Alfonso Davies attention, but this was a guy who was scoring a ton of who was scoring a lot for for Orlando City. So the fact that he was he was he willingly agreed to be on our show was a huge I thought it was a big deal. And the fact that Tristan was all of a sudden interested in being on the show is like, oh yes, like that's awesome. Like let's 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 do it. The interview itself was not that great because Kyle is not a good talker. And sometimes we bring that up all the time about how like how shy he was and how like he just had these really short answers. But like that that stands out to me as like one of the first times Tristan and I ever had to handle a show on our own and and i think the show itself was fine i think it was just like the interview that was just like kind of underwhelming but it wasn't necessarily our fault i think i think we were trying to ask him the best questions we possibly could i don't just don't think he was i don't think he's that good of an interview no disrespect to kyle you know he probably doesn't care about <laughs> that, but like i don't think he was that good of an interview that day and i don't know if maybe we maybe you are maybe your questions weren't that good but like i don't know well Either way, we are extremely thankful that you guys got to meet because what came from your friendship and the work you do together is exceptional. Uh, I think we're just at about our time, so unfortunately, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. But uh, thank you so much for joining us and and talking with us about uh, the Scrum Podcast and a little bit about yourselves, too. Uh, Everyone should check it out. Uh, Why don't you guys let everyone know where they can... uh, see your stuff and your Twitter handles, et cetera, because we, we would like to get everyone to have a listen to the Scrum. Tristan, we should handle this like how we handle our outros. Yes, please do it. Please. You want me to scream for free? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Lay uh, it on for us. Oh, my God. That means you guys right, are right, gonna right. add like reverb to when he says uh, for free. You guys oh have to like, or at least do something like add explosions or something, man. Okay. Fireworks or something. You guys have Perfect. to pop, man. Uh, All right. Yeah, man. I'm at uh, I'm at JKA JKA I'm at JK McKenzie on Twitter. Tristan's at uh, Tristan Damour, uh, uh, the French way of saying tea love uh, in some parts of the world. Tea love, I love it. Oh boy! Shout out to Joey Alfieri and I'm not sure. Road journalist. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, we're at uh, wherever you get podcasts, really. Uh, Spotify. Apple, Google Podcasts, a uh, moment of silence for Spider Podbean, our uh, failed venture into entering the streaming game. And uh, yeah, also yeah. Uh, don't don't forget to uh, if if you were subscribed to the old feed that we used to have because we did change networks as as JMac uh, mentioned uh, to 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 flip it to the SPN one. Uh, all of the old shows are on it. It's just we're gonna update, we're gonna upload shows to the new feed, the uh, Sports Podcasting Network feed. So uh, if you're if you change that subscription, uh, if you change that follow button or whatever, you'll get all the new ones, and uh, the you'll have the peace of mind of knowing that whenever we upload, you get it in your whatever device you use to listen to podcasts. And Tristan, I realize now that we don't really have any merch to sell anymore. So it's not like people can pay for us for anything. That being said, people could still, you know, ask (laughs) us if they want to have advertising. But what about the people who want to, you know, not spend so much money? How could they go about it? Well, you can also support the Scrum Podcast for free. For free. (laughs) 
by leaving a rating and a review so and also sharing the episode because Spotify really is super friendly with the sharing thing. I really love to share uh, the the uh, the podcast on my Instagram stories. I can't wait to share this one um, on my Instagram story and give all of you guys the shout outs. Uh, and yeah, just by just small tangent to say that I'm really stoked that you're back. I'm yeah. really stoked. We had we had you on our live show, which you can still listen to. We didn't even talk uh, about that. That was there's so much we have not talked about. There's a lot to talk about. This could easily be a two hour episode. We'll have to I do another. I was, episode. I was expecting we'll have to do like a part two. To be yeah, honest, I was expecting it to be two. I'm playing. I didn't expect two hours. But For our listeners' sanity, we're gonna give them not a two hour episode. Mm, mm. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast. This episode is blessed with two outros, yours being the first. <laughs> so, <laughs> and ours will follow. <laughs> ours will follow after this. So thank you guys so, so much for doing this. Thank you My so much for having us. Check one, two, check one, two. Woo! Subscribe to our podcast. Rate and review. 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 That echo effect was for Julian and Tristan. I hope you boys appreciated it. But, you know, just like we just said, subscribe to our podcast and rate and review it. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Balado, Quebec. We are everywhere. And sometimes, you know, we're on YouTube, depending on whether or not we have a visual of our recording. So please spread the love. So many places. You could also show us some love on Facebook. You know, Instagram, too at away from the play and on twitter at mel underscore and underscore sass you can follow us individually game changer on twitter at sass underscore on the go and mel at mel the rock special thanks to matthew brutus for the awesome music and naimaloof for the brand new logo give them a follow on instagram as well and of course we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>